if every if you guys will get set with the the camera there that we can move forward in there. Ain't God good? Yes, or should I say, isn't God good? I'll say it the right way. <laughs> isn't God good? And um, while well, getting everything set right there, I just want to reiterate and kind of just re-encourage or restate the, the, the facts of the matter is, my friend, and that is God truly is calling us past our place of comfort and how things were. Because as the days continue, we cannot stay the same. So all that he's speaking is really more about, more than anything, is in preparation for that which is to come. And for those of us that heed his word, you will be prepared. And for those of us that does not heed his word, we're going to find ourselves at a loss. We're going to find ourselves being lost uh, at a time that we don't need to be lost and at a time that's going to appear to be very desperate times. And that ain't just what Pastor John is saying. That's what the word of God says. That we, that the days are coming that they will no longer heed sound doctrine. And as a result of that, then the days will increasingly become more and more evil in there. So with that being said, I have the thumbs up. So let us look to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, this day we magnify and we glorify your precious name. Just thanking you, Lord, for you are awesome and a mighty God. And you are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be praised. And so right now, Lord God, as we sit before you and, and with an ear to hear, I pray that every heart is open to receive, Lord God, as you encourage us with your word on this morning, Lord God. So speak to our hearts and let it be received to the depths of our hearts, Lord God, that it will change us, that it will rearrange us, Lord God that your word will not allow us to be the same. And it's in Jesus' name, in all this in agreement, let us say amen. Amen, amen. amen. Glory be to God. If you will, turn your Bibles to uh, Leviticus chapter 23. Leviticus chapter 23, that is at the beginning of the word of the Bible, you have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. So it's the third book of the Bible. And there's a word that God wants to speak to our hearts. He really wants to speak to our hearts on today. So I pray that all of our hearts truly, I ain't just saying the words of prayer, but seriously that our hearts are open on today to be able to receive the word of God. Because what he wants to speak to us about, and I guess we will title the message, and I'm not going to try to do this in one part, so I'll say this is a two-part message, is Passover. Passover, and this will be part number one, Passover. So in Leviticus chapter 23, I guess I better get there as well. In Leviticus chapter 23, uh, as you get there, I just wanted to go here just for a second because actually the the text will, uh, will come from Exodus, which is the book uh, the before Leviticus. But God wants to speak some serious stuff to us on today, and it's concerning uh, Passover. Uh, and I'll start by saying this: that this is really important, even. So, you know, somebody may be saying right now, Passover, that's a, a, a if, from what I know, that's a Jewish holiday. And what you know, if, you, if that's what you think, you are absolutely right. Uh, but also, the Bible tells us that the Jewish holidays are God's appointed days or God's appointed time. These feasts of the Lord were God's appointed days in, 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 uh, to the, the nation of Israel. It ain't no doubt about that. 
But the big thing and the big news and the thing that God wants to speak to us uh, today is to show us and to encourage us about all of the appointed days, all of the feasts, all of God's special holidays that he gave unto the Jews and which many of them yet still practice even today are and have implications for you as a New Testament Gentile believer. Come on, somebody. In there, and that is what uh, God wants to use one of the feasts uh, or one of his special days. There were many, but he wants to use as an example today Passover. And Passover, by the way, out of the at least seven of the, the special holidays and the special feast that God had given to the children of Israel, I would say that Passover is the, the crown jewel. Of, of them all. Come on, somebody. And as we go through this, then you'll see exactly why. So Leviticus chapter 23, we'll start there first and then in verse 4. Actually, I'm going to read verses 1 to 2 and then I'm going to skip down to 4. It says in verse 1, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, the feast of the Lord, somebody hear that, the feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim, to, uh, excuse me, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. These are my feasts. And then skip down to verse four. These are the feast of the Lord, holy convocation, which you shall proclaim at their appointed time. On the 14th day of the first month in twilight is the Lord's Passover. And I want to start by saying this. And the only reason why I came to this is for us to understand one thing and one thing only is that the, these feast of the Lord was God's appointed feast. And they were at his appointed time. The word convocation. The word convocation is a Greek word that, 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 uh, that's pronounced McGraw. And McGraw means rehearsal. McGraw means rehearsal. And, re, and, and just like a, a rehearsal is something that actually is important, but it's, it's important because there's something bigger and better yet to come. See, like the wedding rehearsal, there is, the wedding rehearsal is important because, but it, it, the wedding rehearsal points to what? The wedding, something bigger, something better. And, 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 and so understand this, that all of the appointed uh, days of the Lord were holy convocations, but the thing about it, it was the convocations again means what? It means rehearsal, and they are rehearsals for the, be the better that was to come. And this is why we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, that the word of God says that Jesus has become our Passover. This is why we see in Hebrews chapter 1, that it in, in, in verse Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1, that talks about that, that the, the greater things, that, that he is the fulfillment of all of these things, and that, the, that they, they were only shadows of the greater things to come, my friend. And the Passover was a shadow of the greater things to come. So in the Passover, guess what? The feast of the Passover uh, and the, the holiday of the Passover and that which they were celebrating, there was a bigger picture. It was only a rehearsal, my friends, of something that was bigger and, and, and more significant that was yet to come. These feasts are shadow. And, and we see in Luke chapter 24, in Luke chapter 24, uh, what, what you see is, and I'm just saying this because when you look in the book of Luke chapter 24, what, it, what the picture that you see is you see Jesus. Uh, and he comes and he appears. This is after he had been resurrected. You see, Jesus uh, appears to a couple of his disciples that was on the road uh, to Emmaus. 
is what the Bible says. And this is in, in, in the on the road to Emmaus, the, the, these a couple of uh, disciples, they were downcast because what they had seen and experienced and had been with was the Messiah and, and, and in their thoughts of the Messiah that he was going to rescue them, that he was going to bring them out, that he was going to set up his kingdom on earth and that, that, uh, that he was going to set the Jewish people back in the rightful place, the place that they believed that the Messiah was going to do. But what they had just witnessed that the Messiah was crucified. The Messiah was gone. And as far as they understood that he was gone and they wasn't thinking that he would even come back. But when Jesus appeared to them, they didn't recognize him because he appeared to them in a form that they were not able to see. But in Luke chapter 24, verse uh, 27, this is the, the Bible says, and then from Moses that Jesus began to uh, explain to them and go through the whole uh, books of the, the Torah and show them how they were pertaining to him or concerning himself. And they didn't even know it was Jesus, but he, so, and I say that because the feast of Passover and all of the feasts, they are all concerning and they are foreshadows of him. And, and, and they are, the things are concerning Jesus. And the beautiful thing too that we talk about Passover. So let us go to uh, Exodus chapter 12. And more than just me going through the story of the Exodus uh, or the story of the Passover, because many of you already know that, but there are some key things that we want to be able to look at. And one of the things that I want to say as you turn to Exodus chapter 12 is that although they, the feast or the uh, Passover, all of these uh, appointed days of the Lord, although they had significant meaning in their historical context, understand that. They had powerful meaning in their historical context. And even though they had that, the Bible says that yet they were still shadows of things to come. They were shadows. They had a bigger meaning in being a shadow of things to come. And again, as I said, Hebrews chapter 1 certainly tells us that. The original historical uh, meaning was a Passover, for an example, in its historical context, it was sent to be a reminder and a memorial to the nation of Israel. And let us look a little deep in here and then we'll, we'll see exactly what I mean by that. The story of, of uh, the Exodus, we all know, it was God had called on Moses with his brother Aaron after Moses had been out away from the, the land of Egypt. So oh, let me just not take it for granted. So let me just back up a little bit. If you remember the story of Joseph, Joseph was uh, the son of Jacob, one of the uh, sons of Jacob. And Joseph was the one that, they, that his brothers had threw in the pit. He ultimately got ended up uh, and being sold from one place to another, and he ended up being sold into Egypt. And from there, you know, fast forwarding, Joseph actually, the favor of God was so much on Joseph, even though they had sold him into slavery, wanted to kill him, that he had been in prison several times, that Joseph rose to be the second in command in the land of Egypt. In there under one person and one person only, and that was the Pharaoh of Egypt. And there came a time where there was a famine in the land of Canaan. And the land of Canaan is where uh, Jacob and his sons were. And they uh, went into Egypt only to find or run into Joseph being in second command. And, and God had favored his life and, and Joseph had saved uh, you know, food and everything else that was enough to be able to feed not only Egypt, but all the lands, the land of Canaan and, and, and all of the lands around him. Nevertheless, 
the Pharaoh that Joseph was working under was a good Pharaoh. We'll say it like that. But when that Pharaoh died and Joseph died in there, oh, let me say this also. When the, the brothers, Joseph brothers came with Jacob, yo, that Joseph gave them to live in Goshen, which is a part of Egypt. And he gave the Jewish people, see, Jacob was the Jewish people. They, they came into Egypt. Where Joseph was a Jew, but he was second in command. But when Jacob and all of his people came into, we're talking about the Jewish people. Jacob represents the Jewish people. When they came into Egypt, in there, because of the famine, then, and Joseph being in the position he was in, which was Jacob's son, he blessed them, even though they tried, his brothers tried to kill him. Everybody know the story. That's not what we're talking about, but I'm just painting the picture. And if you watch the, the story of Moses or and all of the Ten Commandments and uh, a lot of this stuff, you would you could bear witness with it uh, in short form. But nevertheless, the thing about it is, is that the, this is how the children of Israel came into Egypt initially. And it was a blessing for them. And they prospered in the land of Goshen, which was a part of Egypt. And they began to grow in numbers. The Pharaoh that uh, Joseph worked under died. And the new Pharaoh came in. And, 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 and over the period of time and the course of time, what happens was is the, the children of Israel, Jacob's uh, sons and and all, you know, Jacob had died by this time, but all of the uh, Jewish people then had began to multiply in numbers, even to the point that their numbers were more than the Egyptians. And so when this new Pharaoh came in, he was threatened by the fact of, of how these Jewish people were growing in numbers. And he was fearful that at some point they may take over Egypt. And so what he did is he called to enslave the children of Israel or the Jewish people. And this is where we see now fast forward the picture that many of us now know about is how the, the, the Israel or the Jewish people were in slavery to Egypt, in Egypt, for over 400 years, actually like 430 years that they were enslaved in Egypt, okay? And, and many of you know the story because then this is at the time of their exit or exodus, and this is what we're talking about. Now we, are, we, we fast forward and up here, now 400 and some odd years go by. And, 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 the, and the Jewish people continue to multiply and multiply and multiply. But now they are slaves in, in, in Egypt. And the Pharaoh is demanding them to, to make bricks and all of this different stuff to build his houses and all of his beautiful things in Egypt that he wants. But he had the, the, the Jewish people were enslaved. And then Moses comes along. You know, he was born into uh, as a Jew, but remember the story as it goes is that Moses was, you know, because they had, the Pharaoh had put out a decree because these people were growing so fast that we're going to kill all of the firstborn, all the males that's born uh, at a certain period of time. And that was at the time that Moses was born. But Moses' uh, mother put him in a cradle in the river. And guess who found Moses? It was Pharaoh's daughter. And ultimately, Pharaoh's daughter took Moses in to be into the palace and to raise him as her own son. And that's how Moses uh, escaped being killed, even though he was born at that time. We know the story, and ultimately, Moses grew up in the palace, and he ultimately ended up killing, finding out that he was not uh, Egyptian, but he was a Jew, and he ended up killing uh, one of the Egyptians that was, you know, you know, beaten up or slave driving one of the, the Jewish people one day. And this is about Moses, about 40 years old now. And Moses then, the very next day, Moses began to, uh, saw two 
Jewish people fighting, and he's going to rebuke them from fighting, and, and they told him, how are you going to rebuke us from fighting? You just killed the Egyptian yesterday. See, he didn't know that, they, that he was known, and for that reason, Moses left Egypt and went away for 40, and he was gone for 40 years. So now we are here where I'm talking about. So here it is 40 years later, and in Exodus chapter 12, we pick up where God appeals to Moses and tell him to take Aaron with him because Moses gave God an excuse that he couldn't speak very well, that he asked him to go back to Egypt and to proclaim to the Pharaoh, let my people go, okay? You all know the story. So everybody, I done refreshed everybody's memory, right? So it's a couple things that we want to look at because what we're focusing on is the exodus of the children of Israel or the Jewish people from uh, Egypt. Amen? And so the, a couple things that we want to look at in particular about how this happened is in chapter 12 here. So at the beginning of the chapter, it says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of the month. It shall be the first month of the year. Speak to the congregation of Israel, saying, on the 10th uh, of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And then skip down to verse 5. It says, your lamb shall be without blemish. That's the first thing that we want to uh, notice, that when God told them to choose a lamb, that the father of the house would go out and choose a lamb. It was the responsibility of the father of the house to go out and choose a lamb. But the lamb had to be one without blemish. And this is a foreshadow of the one to come, Jesus Christ, the one that would be the redeemer of the world because he was without blemish, without sin. I want to show you how this is a picture of, of Christ. Verse 6, it says, now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. And then verse 7, it says, and they shall take some of the blood and put it on the doorposts and on the little of the house where they're eating or where they eat in. What we are looking at here is, my friend, is that we know that in Egypt, it, it, God had came and he had appealed to the Pharaoh over and over again in many different ways for him to let the people of Israel go. And each and every time he continued to refuse to let the people go, even to the point where God sent forth the, the plagues, the ten plagues. Amen. And them 10 plagues, yo, after the, uh, a few of the plagues, then uh, the Pharaoh agreed to, to, to let the people go. But as soon as he agreed, he always reneged on it. In there. And so now what we see is we are down to the 10th plague. And what is the 10th plague? The 10th plague was that God had said, you know, after they done went through the, the first plague of the, 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 river, the Nile River being turned from water to blood that messed up all of their ability to be able to do a, a lot of things without water, you know, you, you know you're going to be in bad shape in there. And so we go from number one all the way now, we are at the 10th plague, and the 10th plague is that the, the God himself says that he is sending the angel of death upon the land of Egypt. And that every uh, firstborn male is about, is death is going to fall on every household in Egypt, on every firstborn male. Except for those that God had gave the instruction to the, 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 the nation of Israel 
to, to, and this is where we are, to get the lamb that is unblemished first and foremost. And then what? Take the blood of that lamb and put the blood of that lamb on the doorpost and the littles of the house and that this would be the sign that the, the deaf angel would look for in order to pass over that household, my friends. See, now we're going to get to where the rubber meets the road and why Passover means everything to us even today. And here's the beautiful thing about Passover. So, it, again, the lamb had to be unblemished, number one. Look in verse number seven again. I'm going to read that. It says, and they shall take some of the blood and put it on the doorpost of the little of the house where they uh, eat in. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted. So they had to roast the lamb after they have sacrificed, uh, you know, gutted the lamb and, 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 and got, took his blood. They had to roast the lamb in there. Look at verse 10, it says, and you shall let none of it remain until tomorrow. Here are some things that uh, I'm just going through this very quickly. But the thing that you got to understand is that the, the, the father of the household or would go and get the unblemished lamb. But the thing that you have to understand is in him going to get the, the unblemished lamb, they have to kill the lamb. And in killing the lamb, it, uh, to some of y'all surprise, it, the father was not the one or the only one to kill the lamb. That everyone in the household, including the children, had to participate in the slaughter or the killing of the lamb. And what is that a representation of? That is a representation of the fact that every one of us are guilty of the slaughter of Jesus Christ. And because sin is what slaughtered Jesus Christ. Sin is what hung Jesus Christ on that cross, my friends. And we know that sin entered into the world through Adam some 25 years prior to this. But the thing about it is, is that for every man have sinned, and sin is what hung Jesus Christ on that cross. And for that reason that everyone in the household, including the children, had to participate in the slaughter of the lamb. And not only did everyone have to participate in the slaughtering of the lamb, but everyone had to participate in the eating of the lamb. And it was to be, and they was to eat it all. And I, and I, I say to you today, my friend, the eating of the lamb is just what Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 54, that, if you, that you must eat of my blood. I mean, drink my blood and eat of my flesh if you want to have any parts with me, my friends. This is a representation of in the eating of the, the, uh, the, the flesh and drinking of the blood is to take all of Jesus. And see, we can't just, and a little bit of Jesus just won't do, my friends. We have to eat all of him. Come on, somebody. We have to put all of them on. This is huge, my friends. Because there's too many of us today that we, if we want Jesus, we only want a little bit of them. But this was the only way. And see, the death angel was coming. Just stay with me for a second. And see, and the death angel was coming and he was sweeping through the land of Egypt that had Egyptians there and uh, the Israelites there. Or the, or, or the people or the nation of Israel. And see, and one of the things that I need for you to understand today, my friends, is that when the deaf angel came, you'll notice that he was not looking for individuals. He wasn't looking uh, at individuals and he wasn't looking at the, uh, the individuals and their good uh, and how good they were. He wasn't looking at individuals and in, 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 in the good humanitarian things that they did. He wasn't looking at, in order to save them, he wasn't looking even at the individual and the character of the individual. What he was looking for was the blood of the, of the lamb on the doorpost. And that was the only thing he was passing over. So it wasn't about no individual and how good you are. This is about are you covered with the blood? And we got to know that today, my friends. 
This is a huge picture, and this is how big the Passover really is to us, my friends. The angel was looking not at individuals. He was looking for the blood of the lamb. And the blood of the lamb only. And see, this is a, a, a picture or a shadow that we see fulfilled even in John chapter 1, verse 29, when, when Jesus was coming towards the, 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 uh, the river of Jordan and, and John the Baptist seen him approaching and he seen the dove for, uh, ascend upon him and remain upon him and he says, oh, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. This is about the Lamb of God, my friends. The Passover is about the Lamb of God. And again, while it had major significance in its original uh, context, the shadow that it was casting, my friend, is changing everything for the world. And it's the only thing that's going to change everything for the world. So the fulfillment of the ancient Passover lamb is in the blood. This is why we see in the book of Revelation over 29 times that Jesus is referred to as the Lamb of God. The Lamb that was slain. The Lamb that was worthy. Excuse me. The Lamb that was worthy to open the scrolls. The Lamb, the Lamb, the Lamb. Because he, because the Lamb is a picture of of the Passover lamb. Jesus being the lamb, my friend. Understand this because this is huge. Being covered and the, 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 those, those Israels like people in the land of Egypt when God had set forth how to do this, get the lamb at appointed time. And it's worth us understanding the appointed time, that, that these are God's appointed days. This is what a Leviticus is talking about. Come on, somebody say God's appointed days. God, the, the God that we believe in. But so these are his Appointed days. This is the day that God said that I have appointed for myself. So this ain't man's appointed day to God. So we can get off of that monkey business and use it as a, to use man as an excuse. But these are God's appointed days, the one that He called for, and the Passover is the crown jewel of it because He knew what He was setting forth. And the beautiful connection in all of this is this. See, the 14th day of, of, of uh, the month, which, you know, for the Jewish people, the new calendar year started with the new moon. Um, and we'll get into all of that because God is going to have me minister on the feast, and we're going to go into some detail about that. But the new moon, would, uh, when the new moon came, then that would be the beginning of the year. And for us, that is the month of April. And, on the, and he told them on the 10th day, get the lamb. On the 14th day, slaughter the lamb. And at twilight, you know, put that lamb, the, 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 the blood on the doorpost. And at twilight, you know, roast the lamb, be ready to eat the lamb. All of it. Take on all of it because you're going to need all of it. Glory be to God. In there. And how the significant this is, that we see the picture for what it is, is because the, here again, the death angel was only looking for one thing and one thing only. And everything else he was striking down or everything else, let me say it the right way, everything else was being, was being consumed by the wrath of God. And my friends, the wrath of God is going to fall on sin 
This is what we see at the great white throne judgment. That everything that is not written in the Lamb's book of life. Come on, somebody. That, uh, so everything that ain't written in the Lamb's book of life, everything that is not covered by the blood of the Lamb, the wrath of God will come upon sin. And for every man's name that is not found in the Lamb's book of life, as Revelation chapter 20 verse 15 says, that they will give an account of all of their deeds that they've done in the body. They will give account for sin. So if your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, and the only way that your name can be written in the Lamb's book of life is that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That you are covered in the blood. The one that God has appointed just like he appointed to them in the days, see, because there's many people, and it's funny because uh, many, not all, but much of the Jewish people, and they still yet celebrate Passover today because Passover was given to them as a, a memorial and, and a, to remember how that they were enslaved and how God, I'm talking about the true God, their God, how he brought them out. See, this is what Passover is about in its ancient form. It's, a real, uh, it's real and it's real to the Jewish people even till today. So they understand that God brought them out and they understand how he brought them out. He brought them out by having them take the blood of the lamb and put it on their doorpost because the angel of death definitely swept through that land and they know it. And the only thing that was saved was that which was covered by the blood of the Lamb. And so it is today, my friend. Whoever is covered by the blood, these and these alone will be the only ones that will not receive the wrath of God for the sin. And I know that it's a lot of, of things and a lot of people don't, uh, just like the Jewish people, and that's what I was getting ready to say, is that it's ironic that they understand the significance of the ancient, original uh, understanding of what happened on Passover. But they, the problem was is that they could not see it pointing to Jesus. And this is why on the road to Emmaus, that Jesus, when he appeared in such a form, not one that they could recognize after he, but one that he appeared to them and he began to tell them uh, 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 about all of the scripture, all of their, their, their scripture. He went to their scripture and, re and, and, and showed them everything that, that was concerning him. Amen. How it all pointed to him. And today, as it is, my friends, this is why it's important that we know the truth and understand the truth because just as God had appointed the day for the Passover, do you understand that when Jesus Christ was in this world, and this is what the Bible says again in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, that he has become our Passover. And ironically, he, or not ironically, intentionally, he was crucified on Passover. In the Passover celebration. And this is what we have the opportunity. See, because what you'll see is on the 14th day, and that 14th day in this year was that Thursday, the day that he celebrated the Passover meal, he ate the Passover meal with his apostles. And on the 15th day, as Leviticus says, then they celebrate the holy convocation. A re, uh, 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 which convocation we already know what that means it's a re, it means rehearsal oh, yeah. 
And for all of these years, for over 35, that's almost 3,500 years ago, that they have been rehearsing the coming in the, of Jesus Christ. They did it for 15 years and then another 2,000 years. This, this has been a rehearsal for the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And his shed blood. See, and as we get ready to close here, this is a beautiful thing because Jesus, in him, celebrating with them the Passover, it says that he took the cup and, 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 the, and, and he took that bread and he blessed it and he gave it to his disciples on the Passover. Because he knew exactly what he was doing. He was sharing with them the Passover, my friend. And he says, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And this is what we have the opportunity to celebrate. So when we are uh, taking communion, my friend, we need to understand we are celebrating the Passover. And we are thanking God that the blood of Christ Jesus will pass over all of our sins. Hallelujah. And it's high time, I'm talking about that we really receive that in our heart, my friend. It ain't worth uh, the monkey business. It ain't worth taking the chance. Because the only thing that the blood is going to cover is that which is in Christ Jesus. The only thing that's going to stop the death angel or the wrath of God falling on sin is that which is covered by the blood. By the blood. And we have a world that is dying and many people that want God, but they don't want, recognize, don't want the blood. But in that day, it's going to be a sad day, my friends, and we have the responsibility right now to allow God to use us by his love to tell the truth in love. To be that example, because the, the, the cost is too high, my friends. To go through life wanting God, but don't want to accept God's way of salvation. And to find out in the day of judgment, the price is too high. And he's given us every sign, even from the beginning. That he's given us the holy convocation. He's given us Bequab. Also pronounced McGraw. He's given us that which is, uh, he's shown us the sign from way back then. What more can he do? And he, just like Jesus told, told, told him even in his time, that it ain't going to be the only, you've been given all the signs that you need. There ain't going to be no more signs. But there is coming a day that every knee shall bow. And every tongue will, somebody say will, confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That Jesus is Lord. And, and for us that know this truth, we have to have an urgency within us to share the truth. The lamb, the lamb, it's the lamb, the unblemished lamb. The other thing we'll notice is that there no bronze was to be broken on the lamb. John chapter 19, verse 32, verse 33. Why? That the uh, scripture may be fulfilled. The whole lamb or the whole family had to participate in the sacrifice of the lamb. Uh, of the lamb because the whole family is guilty of sin. The whole family in sin is what put Christ to death. The whole family had to eat the whole lamb. 
It's because the lamb, the blood of the lamb is what redeemed us. What does redeem mean? That means it was, redeem means purchase. See, it was the, the lamb, the blood of that lamb that purchased their, uh, their freedom. And it's the blood of the lamb that has purchased our, uh, that we've been purchased by the blood of the lamb that has purchased us for redemption. And the re, uh, what is the purchase? That means God uh, got what he wanted. This ain't about you. This ain't about us getting what we want. It's about God getting what he wants. And he got what he wanted through the unblemished lamb, the blood sacrifice that paid the price for the sins of them and for us. Because God required righteousness. And the Bible says to us, the word of God tells us there is none righteous, no, not one. But in order for us to be redeemed or be in the presence of God, he requires righteousness. So he had to do it for us. Moving forward, when we get the teaching or going through the teaching of God's, uh, God's uh, holy names, which is many, you'll hear me refer or, or reference Yahweh Sid Canoe. Yahweh Sid Canoe is the Lord is my righteousness or the Lord our righteousness. Yahweh Sid Canoe is God is our righteousness. That he has become our righteousness. And he did it through his choice. The way he wanted to do it. And that's through the blood of Christ Jesus. And Adam all became sinners. In Christ, the word of God says in Romans chapter 5, 19, that all that believe becomes righteous. Becomes right with God. And see, it's high time for us to, to get the right understanding, my friends, because I don't care what good you do. I don't care how more your character is. If you are not covered by the blood, that's the only thing makes one right with God. And yes, being right with God by the blood of the Lamb, will give you character, by the way, my friends. It will give you a heart of humanity or humanitarianism, however you want to say it. It'll give us all of that. So, no, it won't give us a license to continue in sin that grace may abound. No, it's going to make you like God. And when I say make you like God, I'm talking about it's going to give you a heart's desire to follow after God. But let us not take for granted that this is something that you've done on your own, my friend. This is God setting the stage and, he, and he's painted the picture and he's used his word. And this word, uh, you know, that he's given us every sign. Because if you believe in the only true God, then you know that that God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Whether you believe that he's the God of Jesus Christ or the father of Jesus, you know that he's the uh, God of Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he's given us every sign that as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Rick, that he is the father of Jesus Christ our Lord. So as we celebrate the Passover, see, some of y'all didn't know that y'all is going to be celebrating the Passover today, huh? Yes, that is the Passover, my friend. Because what we are celebrating is the blood of Christ Jesus that have taken away the sins of the world. And therefore, because of it, because of it, somebody say because, 
Because of it, then the wrath of God, when it falls on sin, it will pass over us because we are in Christ by the blood of the Lamb. Come on, somebody. Amen. Let's give God some praise right there. He is worthy to be praised, my friend. And he loves us with an everlasting love. So his truth is not to try to entrap you. That you are trapping yourself. His truth is to draw you out and say, come on, my friend. Understand what it really is. Despite all of, of, of the foolishness that we see even uh, people abide in that, that are Christians, quote unquote. Don't be blinded by the darkness. Because that ain't going to be your excuse. So this is the good news. That as our Passover, my God, as our Passover, man, the deaf angel, the wrath of sin, the wrath angel that's coming to, to, to hold accountable. <clears throat> sin will pass us over in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Come on, somebody. Help with that, Rick. Help with that, Rick. Oh, she got it. She got it. Glory be to God. And right now, we're going to take the opportunity to do just that. To celebrate the Passover. Just as Jesus took that cup on the evening before they came and, and crucified him. Just as Jesus did. He took that cup. And the Bible says that he, along with it, he took the bread. And he blessed it. He prayed to the Father for a blessing. And he said, this is the cup that represents the blood of the new covenant. Or the new covenant that's in my blood. See, this is what he said. He says, this is. This represents, this is the new covenant in my blood. In the bread, he says, this is my broken body that was broken for many. And he says, take, eat, all of it. Just as he's saying to us today that we have to take and eat all of Jesus. A little bit won't do, my friends. We have to eat all of them. We have to drink all of him. And so, Lord, right now, as we take this opportunity to remember what was done for us, how the blood of your son that, took, that takes away the sin of the world, how he spent it and in our faith in that, Lord God, how it covers us, Lord God, from the wrath of sin. How it makes us right with you, O oh Lord. And not because we have orchestrated a way to be right with you, but because this is how you have opened the door. And the, the way, the only way that you said that man can be right with you once again. So I pray for each and every household, every member, every family member that is represented here today, Lord God, that the whole household, let it take, let us eat. In the mighty name of Jesus, let it cover our households, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Glory be to God. You can stand in the front there. Um, come on, God.
So right now, let us prepare our hearts as they ought to already be prepared. Ain't no more closing. To receive of the Passover. That this broken, this bread represents the body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that this cup represents the shed blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So now we can make the connection of what this really means that, man, this that we're celebrating is that we have been passed over our sins, have been covered by the blood of the Lamb, by the direction and the order in which God has set, and that we are in and under the blood. We are in and under and covered by that which God said is satisfactory to him. That's the key. That is to him. And that which God says that he's satisfied with is the only thing. So, as you stand on your feet, you can follow the directions of the usher. We will serve you the bread in the cup. You can take it back to your seat, and we'll all uh, take and, and eat together. Amen. Hallelujah. What an awesome day and time. What a great celebration. An awesome thing that we have the opportunity to celebrate. And especially now, today is a special day because we know what we, what we celebrate. We know what we celebrate on today. Hallelujah. Man, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is going to be like no other day. And we're gonna, it's going to stay like this moving forward because we know what we are celebrating. Hallelujah. Man. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Something happens. Something happens when I call your name. Man. Come on, let's give God some praise in this place for he, yes, he is. He's worthy. Thank you, Lord. The Lamb of God 
the lamb that was slain, the Passover, hallelujah. The lamb that was worthy. See, there was, there's only one lamb that was worthy to do all of these things, and that's the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Hallelujah.